O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is His also. It is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. The Old Testament lesson for Reminisir is written in the 32nd chapter of Genesis, beginning at the 22nd verse. Jacob rose up that night, and took his two wives and his two servants and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the stream, and sent over that which he had. Jacob was left alone, and wrestled with a man there until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he didn't prevail against Jacob, the man touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was strained as he wrestled. The man said, Let me go, for the day breaks. Jacob said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. He said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. He said, Why is it that you ask what my name is? So he blessed him there. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. The sun rose on him as he passed over Penuel, and he limped because of his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel don't eat the sinew of the hip, which is on the hollow of the thigh to this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of the first epistle to the Thessalonians, beginning at the first verse. Finally, then, brothers, we beg and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, that you abound more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in sanctification and honor, not in the passion of lust, even as the Gentiles who don't know God that no one should take advantage of and wrong a brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as also we forewarned you and testified. For God called us not for uncleanness, but for sanctification. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my pain, 
and forgive all my sins.
I'll give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the fifteenth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus went out from there and withdrew into the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a Canaanite woman came out from those borders and cried, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he answered her not a word. His disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered, I wasn't sent to anyone but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered, It is not appropriate to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you even as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that hour. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Johann Gerhardt says, Last week we heard our greatest enemy appear to our Lord as though he were his greatest friend. This week we hear our greatest friend, our Lord, appear to this woman as though he were his, her greatest enemy. As our Lord walks in the land of the Gentiles, a Canaanite woman runs to him crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. And our psalm today captures her posture and the meaning of her prayer well, saying, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. That's what she is doing, lifting up her soul to the Lord as she cries out her prayer, desperate with a simple heart and complete trust. He is her hope. So she bears her soul to him, whom she calls Lord, Son of God. That is, to you, O Christ. She knows who he is. She knows his nature. So she prays this short prayer to him, full of meaning. Meaning reflected in our psalm, which says, Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. She needs him to remember his mercy and compassion. And so her prayer continues. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. What she's praying is, remember your mercy, O Lord, against my tribulation from the devil. 
And last week we saw the devil try to act as our Lord's friend. But this week we see him for who he is, an oppressor, a murderer. Demonic oppression and possession are horrible. And in the New Testament, we find demons throwing people into fire to burn them, throwing them into water to drown them, or making them suffer by being mute, or making them live with the dead in their graves, by possessing them not with just one or two demons, but with legions. Their goal is to murder the body and to keep the soul under their subject, subjugation, to keep them under the thumbs of death. Despite what the world might believe about the devil, his goal and the goal of all dark arts is death and complete destruction. This is what the Canaanite woman experienced in her home and saw in her own daughter. And she's helpless. And if the Lord does not intervene, she and her home will be destroyed. So she prays, remember your mercy, O Lord. Remember that you are the help of the helpless. Let not my enemies exalt over me. That is, do not let these demons destroy me and dance on our graves. So if she's going to have any hope at all, she needs our Lord to remember who he is and to respond. And if you noticed, our Lord responds here with silence. Not a word. He doesn't do a thing which seems bad, but then it gets worse. While she's in tears crying out, the disciples begin to ridicule her and want to be rid of her. Now we hear this story in church every year, and in church we feel sympathy for the woman, and we feel a bit of scorn for the disciples, because how could they treat her this way? But we have to ask here if we are any better. Outside of church, do we not respond like the disciples to the terrible things in the world around us? Don't we? The disciples hear of this woman's demonic tribulation and think of what's mostly the first thought to come into their mind. They're probably thinking, what did she and her daughter do to invite these demons in? She probably deserves this. That's what they're thinking. And we can often have the same response. If we see the beggar on the street or the divorced man or woman, if we see the man who just lost his job, or we see those who are depressed or lonely or addicted, what's our first thought about them? What did they do to invite this into their lives? What did they do to deserve this? They probably do deserve this. We think the same thing. We also might think, I hope it ends okay for them. I hope they turn it around. I hope they get help. And there's a thing about the disciples' assumption and our assumption and that there's some truth to this. The disciples might be right. The woman and her daughter were Canaanites. They might have, through Canaanite gods and practices, invited this demonic oppression onto themselves. That's entirely possible. And our assumptions are often right too. All those types of people just listed before may have brought suffering onto themselves. And we hope they get help, but really, how quickly do we want to get rid of them from our lives like the disciples did from their life? 
How often do we fail to ask, how can I then show mercy? How can I love them and sacrifice of myself to help them? Even if they don't deserve help, how can I show mercy? That's what we wanted the disciples to do, but we often fail that ourselves. But still, the woman feels shame before the disciples. They are shaming her. She might actually deserve it. But worse for the woman still is that our Lord says nothing to remove that shame from her. The shame of the world stays with her. In fact, he seems to add to it. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, he says. Meaning, she probably did bring this on herself, but I came only to help Israel, not a lowly, cursed Canaanite. So imagine the despair she had to have felt when this shame was brought upon her. But even in the shame, she doesn't stop. Instead, she prostrates before our Lord, lifts up her soul even higher to him while she's on her knees, and she prays, Lord, help me. That is, remember your mercy, O Lord, against the world. Our psalm says, Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. That's what she's praying here. Not only will the demonic tribulation kill her, the shame, if left unchecked, will destroy her. But even in the shame, her trust in God hasn't moved. And yet, on her knees before our Lord, it still gets worse. Our Lord sees her begging there and then takes a direct shot at her. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, he says. You're a dog. The worst of sinners. As if he says, you are facing demonic tribulation. Yes, you do carry shame. And you have sinned. You've brought this upon yourself. How she brought this tribulation and shame upon herself, we don't exactly know. There are plenty of ways demons work their ways in. If you listen to exorcists, they'll say demonic possession or oppression is especially brought in through witchcraft and magic, seances and fortune-telling, Ouija boards. In fact, many are saying that pornography is being used by demons just as much as Ouija boards. Those are obvious ways they enter in, but there's also less obvious ways that the devil tempts our flesh to oppress it, such as forgoing church and the sacrament because we have higher priorities from other things in our lives. We're just too busy. Or we think there's nothing really here. Or we forgo daily prayer and scripture because, again, we're just so busy. Or we dishonor our parents, especially our godly parents, and make decisions which refuse their advice, often just to spite them, so we go down dark roads. Or maybe we're angry. We have a murderous anger. How many people leave a congregation because they were angry, angry with someone at the congregation and refuse to forgive them? They allow their anger to lead them into unbelief away from the church. Or even an adultery. We think nothing of it because it's all around us. But how often, do we refuse, how often do we refuse to believe that sinning against our body also harms our soul? You harm one, you harm the other. 
or theft, if we're angry at God, coveting for something that he did not give us, or we gossip and we fail to see that tearing down others will lead to ourselves being torn down as well, all sin to the flesh, all used by the devil to enter in and oppress. And where do all these sins lead if repentance is refused? We see it in the woman. We see it in many others around us. To loneliness, shame, and tribulation. If we were to cling to our flesh and its sin, especially sins against conscience that we know are wrong, it leads to destruction and despair. We would be worse than dogs then. We'd be in tribulation, shame, and despair, much like this, what, what this woman is going through. And so she prays for our Lord to remember his mercy against the devil, against her shame. But our Lord wants more. He wants her to hear the law against her flesh. He wants her to deny herself and repent of her, of her sins. He seems cruel here, but he is instructing her. He is catechizing her. Repent of your sins. That's what this is leading. And she listens. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Even the dogs, she says. She confesses herself a sinner. She confesses her sin, shame, and tribulation. She confesses all of it. And what she's praying is, Remember your mercy, O Lord, against my flesh and sin. She's denying herself. She's praying, For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Pardon it not by remembering the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. By your goodness and steadfast love, forget all my sin. Deliver me. She repents of all of it. The demons, the shame, the sin of her flesh. And that's when our Lord says those sweet words. O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. Meaning, yes, woman, I remember my mercy and my love. Because that's who our Lord is from eternity. He is merciful. He is loving. He is faithful. That's who he is. And he cannot forget who he is. This is, this is so much who he is that in his flesh and blood on the cross, that's where he reveals the mercy and compassion of God. In mercy and love, he died for all her sins, gave his forgiveness to her and her household. Their sins, even from their youth, are forgotten. They're buried with him in the tomb forever. On the cross, he took her shame and suffered the guilt of her sin for her. When she goes home, she doesn't carry shame and guilt anymore. It was removed once and all for her in his death. And by his death, her tribulation from the demons has come to an end. Because when he breathed his last, he crushed the, devil's, the serpent's head. He has no more power to oppress her. And so with these sweet words, what he's saying is, I have redeemed Israel out of all his tribulations. That is, he has brought her out of the devil's domain and into the New Testament Israel, into the church. He no longer sees her as a Canaanite, but one of his own, 
She's been delivered into the body of Christ where there is complete redemption, ultimate freedom, just as he does for us in baptism. Again, it's as if he says to her, I am good and upright, therefore I will instruct you, dear sinner, on the way. That is, now redeemed, he will not leave her. Rather, he is now in her heart and in her household. He will guide her in the way of the cross. He'll guide her from this suffering into his glory. That's what he does for us in baptism. He instructs us and catechizes us in the word, leads us in repentance and forgiveness, leads us in the way of the cross, strengthens us with his body and his blood. That's what he's been doing this whole time. He's been instructing her. He led her to pray for deliverance from the devil. He led her to pray against her shame in the world. He led her to pray for repentance from her sin. He led her to deny herself and take up her cross and follow him. He led her to desire what he desired for her, faith, salvation, and deliverance. Remember your mercy, O Lord. And he says, yes, I remember. And so this is our prayer throughout Lent and throughout this life. May our Lord, God, may our Lord guide us as he did this Canaanite woman in mercy, compassion, and deliverance. And we know he will, because as he did for her, he will do for us because he cannot forget himself and who he is. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. And Jesus went thence and departed into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same borders and cried, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And Jesus went thence and departed into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same borders and cried, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send them help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning. I say, more than they watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. O God, who sees that of ourselves we have no strength, keep us both outwardly and inwardly, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Almighty and everlasting God, who hates nothing that you have created, 
and forgives the sins of all those who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except Thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in Thy strength and abundance in Thy towers. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with Thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all harm and danger. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also, from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.